welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here with Will from Venture to Rome. Welcome, Will. Hey, Glad thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to do more of these collaboration videos with you. Um, so today we are excited to be talking about a subject that actually one of my subscribers brought up in a previous video. They mentioned it in the comments. So, you know, before I tell you what it is for future reference, make sure that you guys are doing stuff like that because I will totally take great ideas like that and turn them into videos. Um, so what the subscriber said, I'll throw them up here on the screen was, you know, he would like to see what mistakes should overlanders, new overlanders make so that they can learn. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about on today's video. So before I dive into my normal featured partners, I did just want to make sort of a special announcement. Since the recording of this video slash podcast, um, I actually had a pretty exciting development. Uh, Red Arc Electronics reached out to me. If you're not familiar with Red Arc, they are amazing. They make these like crazy battery management, electronics management, basically like kind of like all-in-one systems where you can plug all your auxiliary lights, your solar, so all inputs and outputs regarding your electronics into like one controller essentially. And they've got this really cool thing called Red Vision, which is like a display where you can see all those inputs, outputs, what's taking power, what's bringing power in. Awesome, awesome stuff. So they've recently reached out to me and they are actually gonna be a sponsor of the podcast for the next six months. So again, just wanted to give them a shout out and uh, there'll be a link of course in the description down below. If you aren't familiar with Red Arc though, you should definitely go check them out through that link because again, they have amazing stuff, right? So as we continue to add more auxiliary stuff like fridges and lights and you know just solar inputs and all these different things, dual battery setups, um, it becomes harder and harder to sort of track and manage where that power is coming from, where it's going, what your levels are at, you know, what's taking the most power, how do you, you know, maybe prevent uh, parasitic loss, that sort of thing. That's what Red Arc is really good at and more, right? So definitely, again, click through that link, go check them out. Um, if you have any questions about anything, just let me know. Um, I'm sure I can connect you with someone there or I can find the answer for you. So now I'll go through the rest of my featured partners quick and we'll get into the episode. Before we dive into it, of course, as always, just want to talk through my featured partners, uh, Rugged Bound Supply Company. Uh, they make my rooftop tent. They make awnings. They make roof racks. Super high quality, amazing stuff built in Australia, sold in America. Um, so definitely check them out through that link below if you're looking for anything like that. Uh, Overland Addict. Again, an amazing shop based out of Missouri. Chad is the guy that runs that. He will take great care of you if you have any questions or anything like that. But he sells premium overlanding gear. So again, same thing, right? Amazing quality, super great customer service, super personalized care. He's an overlander too, which I love. So he can answer any questions. He's used pretty much all the gear that he sells. Um, so definitely check him out as well. Um, Last US Bags. Again, they are an amazing U.S. company based out west, and it is kind of overlanders building custom-made bags for overlanders. So check them out through that link below. That will actually take you to Overland Addict's site because he sells their stuff. Uh, but check out got and, and pick yourself up something. And then last but not least, of course, Northology Adventures. Um, again, amazing stuff. Uh, Cindy is in charge of that. She runs sort of custom guided overlanding tours, if you will, through like the Wisconsin, Northern Michigan area. And they also have a free digital overlanding slash outdoors magazine that comes out every month, totally free. So click through that link below to get signed up for that and check out their events. Um, so without further ado, right, let's dive into what mistakes should any new overlander make so that they can learn. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah. Um, Will, do you want to go first? What's, what's kind of your first thought on that? Yeah. First, just like, what an awesome question. I, I never really... Never really thought of everyone asked me what I should do. Like, what should oh, I do? Yeah. What it blew my mind that I never thought of that. Yeah. 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 Like, what should I never forget? And, you know, like, I love this question. So the first, my first, um, my first thing I think you should, the first mistake you should make is to be cold. Um, I think yeah. experiencing the weather I, it doesn't have to be during winter, but like, if you go out and um, like really get a feel for what the temperatures are, because okay. When I look at the temperatures now, when I'm going out, I have a totally different experience than I had before. So when you know what 50 degrees feels like at night with no sun, right. it's way different. You know, you know how to approach the trip a little bit better, but I never, I, I never really learned that until I started actually bringing a thermometer with me and experiencing yep. cold. And I've experienced, I would say real cold a few times in the winter, real cold. But then, but then on a recent trip, Kate and I, surprisingly were really cold on a summer night. We, we misread the temps. We thought it was going to be 50 and it wound up being, um, wound up being closer to 30. So we dressed for 50, you know, yeah. in our bags and everything. And we, uh, it was cold, cold. So, so knowing how to like cinch up your bag or whatever that is, knowing how to layer up and layer down, I think is super important. And it only comes if you've made that mistake. Like I have a few times in, in your cold. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great point. I, I mean, I can think of a personal example of back in January of this year, 2020. Um, actually, uh, my buddy that we were talking about earlier with the Subaru, um, he went on that camping trip and it was like January 20th or something. And I'd been camp, I do a lot of winter camping. So I was super prepared, wool blankets, zero degree bag, all that's, you know, appropriate clothing. They had a new gazelle tent that they'd never slept in, his wife and him. Um, they had a cot. So they were like up off the ground, but so then air could get underneath of them. And then they had like 30 degree bags probably. And I mean, there were some times in the middle of the night where like they came out of the tent. They're like, oh my God, we're dying. What do we do? <laughs> and people are like helping them and they gave them a propane heater. And like they were, you know, they were trying to help them. And But I mean, like it was a super valuable lesson, right? Like they, after that trip, you better believe they bought different gear. They changed things up and they learned from it. You know, it was a tough lesson to learn, but, but they learned my friends laugh at me because I have a pair of pajamas that are puffer pants. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Wear around the campsite. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I but do a bunch the puffer of pants, right? I do, I do a bunch of dumb stuff around the campsite. <laughs> but it's you know, I figured out when it's a certain degree, I'm going to wear the. I'm going to. I'm bringing the puffer pants because yeah. you know, like that helps layering and all that stuff helps. So yeah, so be cold. Um, for me, what about you? Like, what's one, what's one mistake you think people should go out there and make? Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that because one of mine ties directly into that and that was try winter camping, right? Like, again, I, I am a huge winter camper. And the reason I say specifically, like you said, you know, just cold, right. It doesn't have to be winter. I will specifically say try winter camping. And I mean like December, January, February, March, right? Like Mm -hmm. go in those times. And there are a few reasons and I will tell you what those are. So again, you're going to learn your gear, right? 
Why would you ever leave, right? Or when it's 30 degrees during the day and 10 degrees at night. Um, and my counter argument to that would be one, try it and see, right? Like, don't just take everyone's word for it. Everyone says it's terrible, but I'm telling you as someone that now for like three or four years has gone pretty much like October through April every mm -hmm. year. And the reason is it's just, there's no one out there. So you get total seclusion, right? It's so much quieter, more peaceful. There's no bugs. Like there are a ton of pros. If you can get over the cold, if you can, you know, if you have like an off the ground fire, like my Defender fire pit or like a Wolf and Grizzly fire uh, case, you know, like those things that are off the ground that make it really easy to start a fire and raise that heat up. You can sit around a fire in the winter and that fire feels better than it's ever felt. In the summer, fires are awful, right? Like they're hot and you got to back up and you feel like you need to have a fire because you're camping and what's the point in camping with a fire? But in the winter, it acts a purpose. You can cook over it. You stay warm around it. You know, like there's just something really special about it. And especially if you can go when it's snowing, like mm -hmm. that trip in January that I was talking about, it snowed that whole night and not a ton. Like we got maybe a half an inch, but it was just a constant slow little drizzle of snow. And it was super beautiful and nice. And, you know, you're hanging out with people and it's snowing and it, but you're still warm around a fire. And if you've got the right gear, then it can be like some of the best camping that you've ever had. Yeah. So that's kind of my mistake is, you know, I'll call it a mistake, but because most people I think view winter camping as a mistake, but I'm telling you, just go out and try it. And I think you'll change your mind that you will, you'll learn your gear, you'll learn how to stay warm and you will decide it's not a mistake. Yeah, I did. I did two winter camping trips this year. One was in December and one was in March. Um, early March and um, first time ne never done it before and uh, we have one guy in our group that go comes out with us a lot his name is Lance he drives a, a big old tundra that's the only time he likes to camp he doesn't like to camp any other time but but the winter for all the reasons you said and I'll tell you like that there is some serious solitude in the winter that is and it's quiet it's like sounds everything sounds different yeah. and it's muffled it's just super I agree you should, yeah. you should totally do that yeah. Yep. Cool. What's your next one? Okay. My next, my next mistake is, is, uh, to like not have any light, um, go experience the dark. I think that is so powerful. There have been times when it, like, I forgot to put a battery in my headlamp. Um, recently my headlamp was dead. And also I have this kind of, I rigged up the back of my Jeep to have, lights um on the like the back window the back hatch which gives this really nice light but i lost the remote control for it so i couldn't turn it on so i was out there and it was just dark and i was like hmm i'm just gonna explore the fire was out and i just went on and i've done this before intentionally but this was unintentionally i went on what i would call like a little spirit quest go nice. walk walk around in the dark let your eyes adjust be out there like feel like get over your fear of what you can't see or what might be lurking around the corner mm -hmm. and just walk around and experience nature at night. And I tell you, you come away from, at least I came away from that, having a much better connection with nature, being more aware, but less afraid of, yeah. of what's out there. And just, you get to do that out in these places where there is no light. And I'm telling you, the experience is, it's just, it's something you don't, most people don't get it like that. So turn off your lights or forget your lights in my, in my case and, um, and go explore a little bit at night. That's really smart. Yeah. I've, I've had a couple of times where I've definitely had like a moonlight, moonlit night, right? Like a moon washed night, if you will. Mm. And it's, it's really kind of eerie, but also like really pretty and, and 
kind of crazy, like to almost be able to see really well, but it's still dark. Yeah. And you're right. Like, I remember that, like, that was the one that I'm thinking of was like a year ago, we went with some friends and everybody had gone to sleep. And the other dad and I, we brought our kids, the other dad and I were sitting around the fire having a beer. And then we like, the fire kind of went low and went out and we were going to our, back to our tents to sleep. And like, the moon was like full out and like you could, and I was like, do you see like the shadow from your truck on the ground? And like, it was crazy. We're just like walking around and it was so like eerie, but also really beautiful and cool. So that's a great point. Moon shadows are are crazy. I I gotta, so um, we go to this place almost every year now, um, Alvar Desert. It's way out in the middle of Nowheresville, Oregon, between Oregon and Idaho. Um, Like literally it's four hours from, from, from a gas station. I mean, it's just, it's way, way out there. And it's on this ancient lake bed. Um, and it's, it does something to muffle the sound. There's nothing out there that's living. It's just this barren. It's like a dep- like a sensory deprivation chamber. Huh. Every time we go out there now, we go for uh, like a midnight walk just out into the middle and you, you can walk and you turn back and you've walked a half a mile away from your camp. And you're like, where am I? It's just a, it's just a cool thing to do. Um, it, 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 it's, uh, if you can do it, <laughs> if you can like, if you can get over the fear of it, um, and be practical, you know, maybe take some self, something to protect yourself when you go out there, but it's, it's super cool. Okay. That was my second mistake. What's yours? Cool. Um, so, you know, I would say, and this is an actual like deep seated fear that I've dealt with for like a couple of years, um, which is. don't be afraid to explore new areas. Like I'm a creature of habit in general. Like if I go to McDonald's, I always get like the two cheeseburger meal. Like that's just, this is what I'm a creature of habit. Right. So like I name my camping, like Hoosier national forest, everybody, if you know my channel, if you watch my channel, I talk about it all the time. It's where I go 90% of the time because I know the area. I know the spots. I don't have to like wonder if I'm, you know, you and I've talked about like trying to find that perfect spot before. Right. Um, like, I don't have that fear there because like, I've got like five to eight that are really, really good. And so if I go and someone's taken one, I can move on to the next one, the next one, the next one, you know, sure. It's easy to go to the same places. And I'm not saying never go to the same places. I'm just saying like, so some of my best trips, so like that Georgia trip that I took to get my rooftop tent a few months ago, like we didn't have any idea what we were going to do that night. Like we literally just drove (laughs) flat out from three o'clock in the morning until like two o'clock in the afternoon to get to this place to pick up this tent. And then afterwards we were exhausted. We were sweating. It was hot. You know, like we'd spent, you know, the last two hours trying to get this tent, you know, stuff fabricated to mount it, got it up on top of the truck. And then we just like asked the guy who I got the tent from, like, is there a spot around here within like an hour or two? And he told us this spot. And again, like no idea, right? Like never been there, never seen it. No idea what to expect. Um, Got there and it was beautiful, but all the spots were taken drove around, came back. And one of the spots had just opened up and we got that spot for the night right on the river. It was beautiful. Um, but like, again, like if I had, if I had just been like, you know what? Nope. I, I don't know where we're going. Let's just drive all night and get back. Like that would have been a totally different trip. Yeah. You know, like it would have sucked, even though it would have been maybe a little bit easier. Like definitely there were some hardships, you know, we drove for quite a while out in the middle of nowhere. We didn't really know where we were going. We got there. There weren't any spots, right? Like there are always challenges, but like those challenges also make it a really fun trip. Like, you know, the other gentlemen, the other two guys that came with me, we still talk about it. You know, I still tell that story. I made a video about it, right? It's it's just neat doing stuff and exploring, even though it can be a little scary. And even though it's, you're not guaranteed a spot, maybe like you are in places where, you know, already it's, it's still worth it because you're going to see things that you've never seen before. You're going to see things that you never expected before. So, you know, if you can get over that hump of, of getting out there and exploring, 
I definitely recommend it. I think that's a mistake. And it's not always going to be perfect, right? Like again, you're going to end up driving until 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 at night and not finding a good spot and ending up in a campground where you have to pay or something. You know, like that's going to happen. But those that one or two times out of five that it works out really well is like life-changing. So yeah. that's definitely mine. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. This is something that Kate and I we have gotten, I would say we've gotten more comfortable with it, but we are, I would say like we're two kind of type A's and we have real, like real high (laughs) standards. So sometimes, sometimes we, we wind up, we have driven home at least once because we couldn't find a campsite that was like up to our standards. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But the adventure of driving around and not knowing where you're going, that constraint drives a lot of imagination, a lot of creativity. Um, and when you find a spot, it really, it's like you've won something because yeah. it's like you're hunting, you know, and you finally got your, you know, your shot or whatever, uh, your prize. Um, and, uh, and I find myself leaning towards the places that I know all the time. Yeah. Yep. And we were just on a trip and I, I the video will be coming out in a few weeks we were driving up to the top of this mountain. That's just, it's world-class gorgeous, but I read the sign wrong and the, the, the road was closed. We like you drive like four hours to get to the road to drive up. The road was closed. (laughs) I missed the. I was like two weeks off. Um, And so I was like, I was like, no, like (laughs) what what are we going to do? And so, but Kate and I like talked each other through it. And this has happened to us so much this, this scenario where we're not where we're supposed to be that we just keep, we just keep telling each other, you know, like, you know what, we always find a spot and we always find something that's incredible. So we just need to like, know that we're going to be okay. You're going <laughs> to find something that's great. And it's going to be, it's good. That's part of the adventure. It's, it's yeah. the unknown. It's being uncomfortable that drives the adventure. So I, I totally agree with you. And I make that mistake. I just made it two weeks ago and I'm sure I'll make it a bunch uh, you know, throughout the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely more coming. This episode is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help, but eat all the Reese's because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's your uh, What's your next one? Okay, my last one is. Um, oh yes, I forgot about this, but so good. Experience the rain. Nope. Get caught in a rainstorm on accident. I hate it. <laughs> when you're When you're inside When you're inside your tent, and it starts to rain, it it sounds like. It sounds like somebody's firing an AK-47 at your tent. It's like, pop, 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 pop. You go, you go outside and it's like this mist, like this light mist, you know, like barely anything's happening. And so there's been a couple of times we got caught in the rain and we were like, oh my God, what do we do? You know, like, let's just pack up camp as fast as we can. Um, and I remember this one time we did that. We packed up camp. It was like, just, just mad dash, like get everything covered quick. <laughs> and then we packed it up. And the storm passed and here we were in the middle, like there's this, like a, this, something happens, like it's electric, you know, something changes, the barometric pressure changes. And, and then all of the, all of the, uh, 
if you're around grass or something green, like it opens up right after the yeah. storm. We were in the Oregon forest, um, the blue mountains one night and we got caught in a rainstorm and we just all huddled under our little awning. We had a little ARB awning at the time. Right. And four of us were together. We just huddled there. We put one of the pegs down so the water would drain off. And that's actually what we were feeling. We were doing bourbon and water. So we'd just get a little rainwater for the bourbon. Um, and then after the, after the storm, all the moss on the trees just went like poof. And it was like, it was the most incredible thing to be out there. And I'm so grateful that we got caught in a storm. It wasn't a severe storm, but I'm so grateful that we were out there and that we made that mistake because we were trying to, we were trying to uh, play the weather and we, and we missed it. We misgaged it right. because then, you know, we got to experience that. So that's make a mistake and get caught in a rainstorm is, is one of my. That's pretty cool. That's people that watch my channel are probably laughing because like they've heard nothing but me complain about the rain. Like I hate it. <laughs> It's ruined so many trips for me. There was one trip semi-recent within the last year where like it was supposed to rain a little bit, maybe possibly overnight. And I was like, it's worth it. I'm going to drive two hours away. I'm going to go to a normal spot that I go to. I'm set up and at like seven o'clock. I got there at like four at seven o'clock. It, I mean, it torrentially downpoured. And I like, it was a, I had decided to do like my hammock. Like I wasn't even in a rooftop tent and like, and like I'm sitting under this tarp in my chair, it's pouring down. I'm getting soaked from all sides. It's dripping down into my hammock. Like, and I was so mad. I made a video. I'm like, why, why does this happen? I hate this. <laughs> however, however, I will say that I know what you're talking about. And I recently like went camping with my eight-year-old, but with the new tent, I think with the right preparation and the right gear, absolutely right. Right. Like if you were, where it sucks is if you're like a ground tent camper and you wake up and like water's flowing through your tent and all your stuff is soaked and ruined. And like, it's pouring down. Like the, the one experience that I, the other experience that I had in the rain was I had an, an awning, a tough stuff similar to the ARB. Yeah. And I had tilted a corner down and I put my tent under it because it started raining. Like, oh, damn it. I put my tent under it and then it collapsed on top of my tent. Oh. And like dropped a hundred gallons of water down through all my stuff and on top of me, oh. broke my awning. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so like, if you're not prepared or you don't know how to deal with the rain, it can be really bad. But yeah. again, recently in my new rugged bound tent, like I had my little awning up, it was pouring rain, but it was straight down. It wasn't like a storm. It was just raining. And to your point, right. It was like, it had a great little sound. It was like a built-in sound machine. Nothing got wet until after I went to bed. So it's not like I lost my fire and then had to spend it really nice. So I will say with the right gear and preparation, I definitely think you're right. I've been bad mouthing the rain forever, but I, I need to stop and just be better prepared. Yeah. So. yeah. We don't get it as much over here in Idaho. So it's, 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 a, it's a little, it's a little more of an event when it happens. Wow. It's here. It's been running for like two weeks straight. Yeah. Yeah. Very like good. Pouring rain. So um okay yeah. so mine mine was get stuck in the rain what's your last one what's your, what's your last big mistake that you think new overlanders should make look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, so after I just said be prepared and take the right gear, the one that you have to though, if you, especially if you're newer, you have to start with this. It took me probably a year before I ever went on my first trip, and I was trying to find 
all the right gear, watch all the YouTube videos, read all the forums, ask people what they were using, research, research, research. And I spent all this money and all of my gear was wrong. So what I will say, I think the probably my most important, this is probably the one I would recommend the most for a new overlander is go with too little gear. Like if you've got that old 20 year old Coleman stove and you've got, you know, the tent that you used, you were a kid, like don't go out and spend 1500 bucks to 2,500 bucks on a rooftop tent. You don't have to do all that stuff. Like go out first with too little gear. Don't have analysis where you refuse to go until you get a lift and big tires and armor and a rooftop 10 and a fridge and you don't need all that stuff right go out with your little amount of gear try it you'll figure out quickly like wow the priority should be a fridge because all my food went bad or it got soaked and i couldn't eat anything so i ended up eating ramen or you know whatever there are a million people that they always go with too little gear but so able to sleep in your truck with inflatable blow-up mattress and a thing that you build out of plywood platform that you build out of plywood and your pillow from home that you use in your bed like there's no reason to not go because you don't think you have enough gear just get out there with what you got even if it's almost nothing experience it find the holes in your in your setup and you will learn way faster from that than you will from our youtube videos or reading forums or talking to people on facebook so Oh, man, I so agree with that. We we did a trip, a, just a real quick uh, guys trip um, earlier this year, and I had the Jeep and, you know, all of our gear that I always bring with us. And my friend Chris also has a very well-built Jeep with tons of gear, but he brought his bivy, his little two-person bivy backpacking tent sets up on the ground. Another guy, a friend of ours, Joel, came with us he has a power wagon, but he's not, he doesn't have it built up as like an overlanding rig. So he yeah. just, he just had a two person tent. He literally just put a two person tent in the back of his truck. Yeah. And he had a, you know, he had a safety mattress in there and, and we had a phenomenal time. I mean, you know, we had great food. We had a great view. We had a fire and he didn't spend a dime. Yeah. I mean, he spent plenty on his truck, <laughs> but he just, you know, brought and and I don't think he had any better or worse experience because of his gear. I think it was just being out there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, I think that's like a thing too, that is really easy. And I am definitely a victim slash uh, perpetrator of this, <laughs> but like, I'm a big gearhead and I watch a lot of YouTube and I, while well, I let's keep up with the Jones. Now I have a fancy tent. Now I have a fridge. Now I have a drawer system. Like my truck is overall, my truck is worse for the, for the, for like a daily use vehicle. It's, it's worse on the road. You know what I mean? Like it's, I pick up a lot of wind and get pushed a lot because of that, all the stuff that's attached to it. Um, but like, I'm, I've been doing it for a few years now. And like, I'm super, super dedicated since that nice rooftop tent because I'm going to eat it 30, 40 nights out of the year yeah right but like there's so though is like just look at my truck and say oh he has a rooftop tent i should go get a roof no you don't you probably it took me years before i got that thing and i'm still going was it worth it like i have to use this thing for like 10 years to get the money out of it that i could bought a 50 coleman pop-up tent you know yeah. um so yeah don't don't let gear prevent you from going for sure all right, guys. So that was Will and I's, uh, you know, tips, I guess, for things that you should do, mistakes that you should make as a new overlander so that you can learn. Uh, so thanks, Will, as always, for being with me on this episode. You bet. Thanks for having Appreciate me. It.
Um, and, you know, I hope that that was helpful for you guys. If it was, definitely put up in the comments below, click that like button. Um, we'd love to hear from you. You know, if you guys, like we said in the beginning, if you guys have ideas for episodes that you'd like to see, we love that stuff. It, it gives us more stuff to talk about. It's fun for us to talk about that stuff. So definitely post up in the comments and let us know what else you'd like to hear about or see on future episodes. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to click through that link below in the description to go check out Venture to Rome's channel. He makes some awesome, epic videos. Um, so you want to check out his stuff as well. And if you're not subscribed to me, why not? Like, what's going on? Click that button. <laughs> click the subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. Um, there are also links in the description to Facebook, Instagram. I do a podcast every week. Um, there's a link to my website where I sell merch. So if you like overlanding patches and stickers, go check that stuff out. Um, but so again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're on the podcast, thanks to Will for being on the episode with me. And we will see you guys next. Take care. Yeah.